Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sickleman. With me is Benjamin Solak. This episode of the podcast brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On NFL Draft sent you. Then we're picking back up with our wide receiver rankings. Now we're going more towards the day two and the day three, guys. The first part, part one, which we released on Tuesday, we gave our top fives. We went into detail on the guys that we have in the top five. And now today it's basically about, well, everybody else. Everybody that we want to shout out because it's a deep and talented wide receiver class. We're going to be talking about guys with the best hands, the best route runners, best red zone target, target different kinds of scheme players for different offenses. But we're going to get to as many guys as we possibly can. Some guys that we like and maybe some guys that were tricky evals for us. But before we get to all of that, Ben, my friend, how are you? Everything is delicious. Imagine talking about Devontae Smith when you talk about Ben Skoranek instead. Could not be me. Will not be me. I love day three players. Just, just yep, he's good at this. So you're saying and that you would. That so you're, so you're saying that you would rather have a day three player than Devontae Smith. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yep. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of that quote. Send it to NBC Sports Edge. Don't send it to Roto World. Roto World doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> All right, so how do you want to start this? We don't have rankings, so it's not like we're starting at number five and going in descending order. We'll start with superlatives, though, and I will give you the floor to maybe talk about the guy that you really want to talk about the most, whether it's praise or questions in his game. So do you want to start with, like, best route runner, best hands? How do you want to go about this? Let's do best route runner because this is my deepest cut player that I have listed, and so we'll start off with a bang. Define deepest cut. Like, good FCS way, player. bad way? It's Cade Johnson out of South Dakota State. You oh, Cade? okay. I did not get to why. I I only saw kind of, like, highlights of him when people were really hyping him up. And I liked him, but I didn't really, like, get to sit down with some all-22 games about him. So I'm very interested to hear what you say. Cade's awesome. Uh, played for South Dakota State. Did not play in 2020 because FCS moved their season to to the spring uh, and he decided to to come out to declare he was gonna transfer for a second and then he was like nah i'm coming out uh back to back over a thousand yards receiving back to back the feature point of the south dakota state passing offense which is like a decently real offense uh and kate's 510 180 185 and they're lining him up out wide fairly consistently uh he's got for real speed for this for the FCS level, I don't think he's going to be a burner uh, at the at the uh, the pro level, but he's got legit speed. So he's regularly getting off coverage, lets things be pretty easy for him on the outside. You can get away with lining him up outside, mm-hmm. not a problem. When he gets put in the slot or when he deals with press is when it's really really exciting stuff. He is extremely good in short areas in generating space for his uh, quarterback to deliver the ball on quick routes or to generate separation and to encourage his quarterback to deliver the ball on, on downfield breaking routes. He's given double moves. Uh, he's given post-corner posts. He's given uh, you know underneath option routes. He's given the full gamut of what you want to see for a fluid mover in terms of his route running, right? Like 
there's a you, know, you got other fluid movers in this class who didn't really get the full gamut of routes because their offense was just trying to get the ball into their hands and let them create in space as after catch athletes. And Johnson was given that right. He was given little like touch passes and jet passes. Uh, he he was a a kickoff returner, a punt returner for them, and so he's got that ball in hand ability. And you and he's a short strider with really good tempo, and so you see him make a lot of very easy, very effortless cuts that are impressive mm-hmm. so the movement skills are really nice but it's not just a ball in hand player uh when you put on that that uh that indiana state film you put on that north dakota state film and you start to see him go up against some good defenses he's regularly able to generate the space that he needs inside or out vertical third routes or more complex routes uh, isolated part of a, a concept part of a tree he's got everything he goes to the senior bowl and immediately delivers in the exact same way so i'm more press and more size than he was used to Obviously not super well equipped to deal with that. He's a slot in the league. He's a day three slot because I don't like I said I don't think he's he's a field stretcher. I don't think he gives you much as a blocker. Um, but returner ability, separation ability at all three levels, excellent day three pick, excellent uh, uh, depth guy for your roster. Really really good route runner. K Johnson, South Dakota State. I'm glad that you're giving him a shout out because I know a lot of people were, were, have been talking about him over the last couple of weeks. Lance Zerline had him like wide receiver nine or something i'll find it here in a second he had him super high and i was like whoa and so i watched him two days ago to make to like yeah all right like i need to make sure i see him before we talk and yeah there's there's juice here for sure i don't have him as high as as lance does but he's a really nice route runner where do you think he'll go do you have like any kind of any kind of like target because i mean you know, when you get into day three, it's a lot of scheme specific or like team specific is probably a better way to say it stuff where it's like, hey, he might be higher just on a team's board because they want to get that kind of a skill set on their team. So you never know whether it's going to be anywhere from the fourth to sixth round. But I mean, are, are you an earlier day three guy for him or do you think that he's kind of going to be more of a late guy? Somebody takes a flyer on. No, I think he's middle late day three. I okay. think when you look at Hunter, Hunter Renfro in round five. Uh, like John Ursua out of Hawaii went like what round seven, you know what I mean? That's what we're looking at here, right? He's, he's, he's a low ceiling player, but he's the sort of guy who sticks around because, okay, he doesn't do a ton for us, but in the event that we have to put him out on the field, we know that we can get a slant from him whenever we need it. Cause he's good. You want to know who I think the best route runner is? Devontae Smith. No. <laughs> Look, man, I didn't start the podcast saying I'd rather have Kay Johnson than Devontae Smith like you did. Nor did I. <laughs> <laughs> best route runner in this class, or now, not best route runner. The guy that I really want to give a shout out to because he runs great routes. We've brought him up many times before. I think that you and I would cape for this guy any chance that we get to. Say it. It's Tylen Wallace. Tylen. From, from Oklahoma State. We've been talking about Tylen for Three three years now, right? Because his sophomore season was that 1,400-yard yeah. year. Then he had an ACL injury, which he had to recover from that, but he kind of came back from it. And I, I don't know if he... I don't know if he, he lost juice. I don't know I don't know if he ever really had it. And because, So that's the big knock on Tylen Wallace is that he's not like a deep-speed burner, and he's not this unreal, explosive stop-and-start kind of a player. But the body control, the precision, the footwork, the football IQ, it is all so much there for him. And the reason why it's easy to fall in love with his tape while you're fully acknowledging that he's not the best athlete to choose is because he wins so 
regularly, consistently, and so effectively with his routes that he creates separation in that way. A lot of guys rely on their overall athleticism to create separation. You know, it's putting that foot in the ground. It's changing direction that way. It's getting vertical, getting even, and then flying by guys up the sideline. That's how they create their separation. Tylen doesn't have that luxury. I think that he really is. I think that he is fast enough, and I think that he is good enough changing direction. But what really makes the biggest difference for him is his routes. That's what does it for him. He is such a technician in that regard. It's teach tape all the time, and you could see it by how he separates and how he gets open. This is another player who, you and I talked about this before, do the traits match the skills? Absolutely not. This is one of the best contested catch players in America, and yet he's sitting here at, what's his official measurements? His official measurements are 5'11", 190, and he plays like he's 6'4", 220. I mean, he's going up there fearlessly. The body control, the timing, the reliability, getting his hands on a ball in the air and coming down with it through contact. I mean, it is all there with Tylen Wallace. He is such a fun offensive player. And if he was just a little bit more athletic, I genuinely think that we would be talking about this guy in the top 50 and as a potential first-round pick because he understands how to play receiver so well. He's such a natural, and he is the kind of player that I would bet on in the NFL. So he, because of his routes, I had to give him the shout-out here. He's fantastic. I feel like you know, we aren't talking enough about the fact that Tylen ran a 4-3-9 in his pro day. Right, right. Everybody's like, oh, you know, like he's not as fast as he needs to be, which I—, I the four three nine at the pro day thing, I mean, everybody's just having everybody run sub four four at pro days. It's just like the norm. I've seen more four three nines than I feel like I have yeah. in forever. But like, even if Tylen runs in the four fours, which I thought he was going to run in, that's fine. Like that's that's what I assumed that he would be. That's what I see on tape, and I love the player on tape. You so thought he'd run four fours? I thought Tylen would run four fours. Yeah, like high four fours. Mm-hmm. I did not think he would get in sub four or five. I would have surprised me if he if he came to the combine and he ran that. No, I would have. I would have thought that he would have been sub four or five. Regardless, I didn't think he was going to be almost, anywhere near four three nine. But I would yeah. I would have told you that in a straight line training for it, Tylen could have got high four fours. I uh, that that was the Exos pro day, so it was like Bateman's time came out, and I was like, "Sick!" Rashad Bateman is so fast. Wasn't ba- what was and, wasn't Bateman's like a four three nine too? Yeah, every everybody's been a, a four blank nine this year. Oh, well, you're a, a good corner four three nine four three good receiver four three nine four three eight good you know defensive tackle. Oh, you run a, a four eight nine four nine seven. You know what I mean? Like it's right, all like right. Patrick Claybon had a tweet that was basically like everybody this year is it's like it's like how uh, you know Target puts prices at at twenty nine ninety nine, right? Right. It's just thirty dollars, man. Like that's you know <laughs> it's all it's all psychological. But I almost had Thailand down for my best contested catch guy because, you know, as we've brought up many, wow. many times, he's so stinking good in the air, concentration, body control. Once again, like unbelievable at climbing the the latter despite the fact that he's not the size or the density the muscle mass you'd expect of a player who wins through that level of physicality so he's right he's a he's 100 gut check player you know what i mean like he's that guy like you 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 meet with him as a team you believe in him you believe in his health and you believe in his film and you say you know kind of screw uh convention in terms of athleticism and frame we think this guy could be really good and yeah. if you're right that's a win man that's a huge win i uh, you're gonna be able to get him pretty late I'm gonna I'm gonna have Tylen Wallace as a top ten wide receiver for me. 
even in a stack class. He he is going to be a top ten wide receiver for me, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put my name by it. I love his film too much. He's had three great years of it. He's recovered from a major injury and was still effective. Like he he's mm-hmm. he is going to be a top ten receiver for me. Tylen is twelve for me. Okay, which he's is heartbreaking. He's, he's currently nine for me, but mm. I truly am losing sleep over who and what order I'm making six through ten. That's what I like to hear. Just this should be such an agonizing process. It is. No, it's it's unbelievably agonizing. This is more agonizing than in years past, even. So, yeah, I I really do think that. I, w- I will give, because I haven't watched as many guys still at wide receiver as I want to, because the class is legit like 30 guys deep. When we do the big board episode, I will go over at least who is my top 15 and top 10 wide receivers like total. So I can have it finalized by then. But this has been an exciting class to be like, no, I think I take this guy over this guy. Or, okay, I like this guy more for what he brings to the table. And it's it's just... Doing this more in-depthly, really sitting down to it, you appreciate how good and how deep this wide receiver class is. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a very fun one. Uh, what what, what, uh, what superlative do you want next? I chose best route, so you choose the next one. Well, you said contested catch, so you... Did you say you had Tylen down for contested catch, or... I almost did, and Tylen's probably better than the name I have down, but once again, this is a player I want to talk about, so I'm electing to put him here instead. Okay, who's the guy that you're talking about? Dax Mill, baby, BYU. <laughs> oh, man. So I got absolutely hosed last night by, uh, I actually don't know if he's a listener. Maybe he just follows me. Um, but I, I tweeted out like, oh, I've been charting Kellen Mond. And my main takeaway is that Anaya Smith, who's this like slot running back hybrid dude, mm-hmm. is really, really good for them. He's going to be really good for the league. Mm-hmm. And the guy hit me up and he basically responded with, Oh, breaking news. Ben's watched a prospect and his main takeaway has nothing to do with the prospect's film. And I was like, wait, frick. I do this all the time. Do you? And the example here is, I have a tweet which is, the more I watch Zach Wilson, the more and more I appreciate Dax Milne. Oh, uh, okay. I, so Dax Milne was a junior receiver this year for BYU. Uh, pretty much a, a, a breakout player along with uh, Zach Wilson in this new approach uh, on offense. We talk about this air raid-inspired passing game, despite the fact that they've got this this West Coast, you know, uh, outside zone handoff thing going. Well, there's a lot of work to grass on your vertical routes that that, that happen in this BYU offense. And so Milne, 6'1", 190, bigger than Tylen, but still not a huge dude, was very frequently given, all right, you're you're outside, you're isolated, right? There's no slot receiver, there's not, it's just you. We're going to bring players down into the box with heavy formations with multiple tight ends. And we're going to give you a vertical route. And if you get press and you clear hands and you you get an upfield step, it's coming over your shoulder. And if you get press and he's upfield on you, it's coming back shoulder on you. If you get off, it's 15-yard curl. And it's like it, it, a lot of it is just we're going to sight adjust this vertical third. And we're going to have Wilson throw you right. And you and Wilson need to be on the same page. So, number one, you got to have football IQ. you got to have situational understanding to do that consistently in a way that's going to be impactful for your offense. And he was. He had uh, 70 catches for 1,200 yards after having career 300 receiving yards in two seasons beforehand. Eight touchdowns, huge downfield threat, big-time player. Beyond that, because Wilson's such a good prospect that you look at Milne and you're like, Wilson's going to make this guy look better than he is. Oh, man, I, I, that, that street went both ways. 
because Zach Wilson's solution to a lot of problems was number two's down there somewhere. Right. And so he would put that ball up in the air and would say, Dax, go be bigger, go be stronger. Or, excuse me, Milne was five. Uh, number two is uh, uh, Pakua, Nakua, the, uh, the, 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 the younger player who's still there. But anyway, so five's down there somewhere. And he would just send it and, and, and expect and rely on Milne to make that play downfield. And again, just 6'1", 190, not, not Sage Surratt size, not Seth Williams size. Milne was really, really good at contested catch. And 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 I always bring up the size because people think contested catch is about elevation, ability, about physicality, and it is. But a lot of it is that about helps. ball tracking. That helps. Yeah. A lot of it's about ball tracking. If you figure out where the ball's going before the corner is, you establish positioning. Milne does that. A lot of it's about timing. Basketball background and body control in the air are really important. you got to be able to maximize the apex of your jump, something that Milne does very well. And you have to have consistent hands away from your frame and hands through the ground through contact. Milne making stupid catch. The Boise State catch up against the sideline when he's diving. The Coastal catch up against the sideline working back to the ball. Like He has some really, really impressive moments working inaccurate passes 30 plus yards down the field and being able to, to track and adjust and then catch through contact as well when, when the moments demand Milne is a another special team guy like Kay Johnson's going to be he's got to be able to contribute as a gunner which I think he can uh, I think that he has enough speed and he has the physicality to do so going to be more so of a backup player than a long-term player than, 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 than an immediate starter but as, you know, teams like Devon, uh, the, the Miami Dolphins have shown us, if you can just pull off a contested catch, you we can carve out a role for you, right? Well, we, we there are quarterbacks in the league who will just rely upon you for that. And Milne is really, really a quarterback's best friend because if he's got one on one, he's usually have the advantage. So I liked Dax Milne a lot when I was watching Zach Wilson film. I think he's a legit day three prospect. If we're not talking about Tylen Wallace, which we're not, we already gave him a shout out of the guys that I watched. Sage Surratt would still be the top contested catch kind of a player for these non top five guys. I mean, it's you know it's probably Devontae Smith because his hands are incredible, but I still have to give a shout out to Sage Surratt because we watched him during summer scouting. Both of us really like Sage. He opted out of the 2020 season, so we haven't seen him since. And I think that it's just another instance of like, hey, you know, these other guys were right in front of us. They've improved their stock. They've got tape that's, you know, more uh, more recent than, than Sage has. And we kind of just like forget about him. And I don't know if Sage is going to be a top 10 wide receiver for me. I, I don't think he is, but in terms of like contested catches, what you see is what you get. And there's absolutely a, a place for that. There's absolutely a role in the time for you to utilize a player of, of Sage's skill set. Can I read you my blurb for him? Because it's once again, going to be near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Uh, I think I know why, but go ahead. Yeah, you're going to know why within the first uh, seven words of this uh, of this blurb. Surratt feels like this year's J.J. Arcega. No! <laughs> this is both good and bad, but seeing how J.J. has fared in the NFL, probably more bad at this point. Like J.J., Surratt has the basketball background, and he builds his entire game off of that. He is a big-bodied, contested catch wide receiver. His route running is good, and because of it, he has versatility as a big slot role. But he just did not separate well at the college level, and there's no reason to think that gets any better in the NFL. I like him, but how much he is used and how notable he becomes all depends on how truly dominant he is when the ball is in the air. When I watched Sage Surratt and I went back and I watched J.J. Ortega-Whitesides 
film before he got to the NFL because I wanted to see how much I really saw these players similarly. And, I mean, it's just that. It, they are very similar for me. I felt like Ortega Whiteside played with a lot more confidence at Stanford than he certainly has with the Eagles, and I think that that goes into it a lot, especially when you don't have natural separation with, uh, with your athletic ability. I saw a lot of confidence in Surratt's game, but it was kind of the same thing. There's just not a lot of separation there. He, he's not getting it. And a lot of times when you watch his tape, he doesn't need to. And those things are the things that get you excited. You go like, hell yeah, man. The defender's draped all over him, and he's still coming down with his ball. Okay, well, that's there's two sides to that coin. You love the result. Why was there no separation? Why was the corner draped all over him like he was Darrell Revis over here? Because we know the guy covering him isn't Darrell Revis, so how was he that close to him? How was he timing the jump that well? How was he able to get his head to turn around and make that a really difficult catch? Even if Surratt was able to bring it down, why did he make that? Why did he not make that more difficult for the defender? And that really is because he just, I think, lacks the natural athleticism, both in short area explosiveness and in long speed, to really create that natural separation. It's just not going to be there for him. If he goes into the NFL, if he keeps his confidence up, and if he just goes, yep, any ball that's in the air is mine, there is absolutely a place for that. Teams will use that in a rotation, and they will use that in advantageous situations on money downs and red zone situations where space is very limited. You go to a guy who succeeds without space anyway. So for that, I think there is a purpose for Surratt. But for him to really become like a let's say, a wide receiver, too, because I don't think that he would ever become really a wide receiver. One, he just doesn't have the athleticism. Like, if the ceiling is a wide receiver, two, outside wide receiver player, he just truly has to be that dominant. He has to, like, his catch percentage has to be insane. And it's hard to bet that far for him in that regard because we know how good NFL defenders are on a week-to-week basis. So I like Sage. I still do. I, I still like the film. I'm not as hyped about him as I was during the summer because I'm more focused on what's holding him back from potentially being like that wide receiver two project that that we projected him for him to be when we were going through summer scouting. I just think the the, the athletic limitations are too strong for him and what we saw on the Wake Forest tape. However, what he does well is really, really fun. It's really fun to root for. It gets, you know, it gets you hyped up when he makes a massive catch over straight over a defender and then stares at him as he's in the end zone while he's palming it with one hand. We all love that. I think there's a place for it, but I think there's a value for it too. And that's why he's going to be lower for me on certain wide receiver rankings. Yeah, Sage. I, I still think Sage is good. I still remember when I first watched Sage's film in the summer and I was like, hot dog, this guy can play. Uh, I think that he is a quality technician on his routes, especially getting into his downfield stems that maximizes what he is as an athlete in terms of being able to generate that throwing window. Cause separation, we're always like, you got to separate. No, you got to create a throwing window and, and we can get enamored with a hypnotized by separation. This is what I call the Jerry Judy phenomenon last year. Like, Oh, look at Jerry Judy, break this guy's ankles. That's cool, but also it's the same as if he just ran the slant. Uh, and, you know, as long as there's a throwing window and the ball's there in stride, we're effectively going to get run after the catch. So we get, like, you know, five yards of separation doesn't help me any more or less than a yard of separation. And so Surratt isn't a separator, but he creates the throwing window, which is the box you have to check. Um, but, yeah, I, I have Surratt lower because my premium on contested catch players has changed because, in large part, 
the J. Jaw experience and also like the Hakeem Butler experience, right, and also the Kelvin right. Harmon experience. It's not just J. Jaw, right? But I, I, I tend to fall for contested catch guys, and Surratt's a contested catch guy. So yes, he's wide receiver thirteen for me, and in my heart, I like him more than that. But my head is not allowed. Jason, it says no, you can't do that. That's not that's not responsible. But yeah. he's good. I've got him around him. that same range. We're gonna get to some more wide receivers and superlatives, but first, a note from our friends over at RockAuto.com. You know, the main reason to repair or maintain your cars is obviously to save money, so that you then use that money for other things like mortgage, food, different trips, all that kind of stuff. So why would you spend thirty to fifty, shoot, one hundred percent more on the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? You don't have to, because the folks over at RockAuto.com, it's a family-owned business, been serving auto parts to customers online for over twenty years. Uh, best of all, RockAuto.com—they've always got reliably low prices. Same per- per- professionals as it is do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend up to twice as much money? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that they have for your car or truck and write locked on NFL draft in their little how did you hear about a section so that we they uh, they know that we sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you were ever going to need over at rockauto.com. We've also been telling you guys about Built Bar, which are the best tasting protein bars on the market for quite a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bars with 100% chocolate in all of their bars. But now it's time to find out which bar is the best. Go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built to find out who is today's matchup before we find out who the best bar is. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. And check in on social media and at BuiltBar.com to see who is ultimately crowned the best tasting protein bars. More depth wide receivers in this deep and talented 2021 NFL draft class coming up after the break. Get all the sports news you need in just under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport to help it with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What are we doing next? We've talked about best route runner. We've talked about best contested catcher. Is there another big superlative you want to make sure that we hit? I want to talk about Jason Owa's pro day, but that's not the cop- the topic of this conversation. What did he What did uh, he end up? Uh, what What are the numbers for him right now? Allegedly, Jason Owa ran a four three six forty, a one uh, a eleven foot two inch broad jump, a thirty nine point five inch vert, and a four two short shuttle at six five two fifty seven, which is basically like Superman nonsense. Zero sacks. Zero sacks. No sacks. Zero sacks. No sacks. Zero. How do you rank this player? Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to talk about run after catch receiver because I want to stand on the table for a player who made it into my top 10. Ooh. Like, not top in anybody else's. Like, not anybody else's top 10? Oh, uh, no. I think he's probably in others' top 10s, but I think that anybody who doesn't have him in the top 10 is dumb. Okay. I have two names that I feel like this could be. Okay. What are they? The two names are Dwayne Eskridge or Elijah Moore. Okay. Is, is it either of those football players? I have one of those players ranked seven, one of those players ranked 15. Okay. Steep difference. Elijah Moore is ranked seventh for me. Dwayne okay. Eskridge is ranked 15th. I don't, I'm not, Dwayne Eskridge, we're just getting two, two Atwell all over again. Uh, I'm not, I'm not crazy about him. It's Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Mm. 
okay. Amari Rogers is a brick house. Well, he is. Okay. All right. All right. I watched Amari Rogers and thought I was going to like him. It. I thought I was going to like him more than I did. <gasps> I'm devastated. Oh, okay. So Clemson uses Amari Rogers to generate offense out of nothingness. They use him on RPO slants. They use him on RPO speed outs. They use him on bubble screens. They occasionally give him option looking stuff from the slot. But I'll be honest, the more I watched it, the more I was like, I don't even think this is a real option route. I think this is this is prescribed. I think it's just Rogers is allowed to manipulate the stem the way that he wants. Uh, and, and this isn't even really like he's reading the coverage. As a route runner right now, I'm not sure what you can possibly say about Rodgers out of Clemson besides like unless he ends up in a very college inspired offense LSU or not LSU Carolina you know whatever uh Kansas City he's going to take time as a rat runner the good news is that you can literally turn around and hand the ball to him like a running back and he can pick up explosive gains for you sure oh my goodness the Virginia film is bonkers his it, so okay rogers dealt with an acl injury we talked about this in summer scouting where he came back in like six months or something just dumb as heck and he was uh, like it was like uh, they're trying to figure out how healthy he is and they're trying to figure out how much they want to use him and if he can get hit so on and so forth this season if this was anything less than 100 percent explosiveness I, that's stunning to me i would imagine he was back at full health the pickup is crazy so he regularly breaks the second angle right so okay i'm running in the slot i run a little route uh, you know, I get I get the catch. Oh, a little quick juke, and 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 I broke the tackle of the the slot corner. That's nice. Now the safety's gonna come tackle me. No, no, he's so fast on the pickup. So it, the Virginia game and the Pitt game, you watch him just. There's a there's a a, a, a a like a reverse that he gets thrown. I think it's in the Pitt game where it's like a little like you know single wing fake shovel pass action or whatever. And there's three dudes in the backfield, and they're all like, we've got him. And Rogers like barely gets touched because his foot in the ground turn your hips and go is just it's running back level it's like when you were watching Debo Samuel to South Carolina and you were like how did this body type with this skill set end up at this position and with Debo it was he's so good at contested catch he's, he's a really physical route runner this is a polished player with Rodgers it's not that it's just like Clemson uses him there because it's it's all like design touches and scheme stuff, and he still has a ways to go, but the usage still worked for him. And he's got his his downfield routes, and he's got his, his deep balls and whatever. It's just not really what 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 he's going to be used at, and where he's going to be the most successful. But you see the the moments of of adjustments downfield. You see the tracking. You see the contested catch. There's stuff to build on there. But if you're a team that is interested in running in wide receiver targets at or near the line of scrimmage, San Francisco with Debo Samuel. Uh, Green Bay with Devontae Adams, Tyler Irvin in that jet role. Um, who's another? I mean, like what Curtis Samuel was to the Panthers, right? This is the player for you. I he is he is the league has never been better at getting the ball in the hand of their best athletes, and he is one of the best, if not the best, ball in hand wide receiver in this class. So to me, that's nice and neat. I don't want him going freaking Seattle. I don't want him going freaking, you know, some, oh, Detroit, when you run routes for us? No, screw that. Put him somewhere with a, with a clever offensive coordinator. Going to get in touches, add in your line of scrimmage. He's going to be able to create 10-plus yard gains out of nine is two-yard air yards. Exactly what you want in the league right now. Love Amari Rodgers. He's my guy. I have in my little blurb about Amari Rodgers, this is verbatim. 
to me, he feels like a great target for a team who likes Rondale more but doesn't have the chance to pick him and might get him in the middle in the mid rounds, like third or fourth round. I'll be honest. So I, I have Rondale ranked higher than Amari. Rondale's better route runner right now. He's got more to him as a, as a as a true wide receiver, even though the usage of Purdue in twenty twenty was bad. Rogers more physical and more in the open field. He is. He's more willing to put a shoulder down and break a tackle, which is a big deal. Because that's what let Rogers gets the the reverse touches and the backfield touches and the bubble screen touches a lot more solid league projection on that role than more in my opinion because he's so, he's more sure physical. but more is more athletic and and you're also talking about Amari weighing two ten to Rondell Moore's like one seventy five so obviously he's going to be more physical than he is but Rondell is smaller and a little bit more athletic so I that's that's just kind of how I looked at them. So we see them the same. And the way that I looked at Amari Rogers, I was like, look, if you're in an offense that has screens, slants, deep ends, vertical routes, I mean, like then he, you're right. Like this is, this is the guy for you. I think there are certain offenses that'll utilize him and prioritize him a little bit more, but those would be the same offenses that want Rondell Moore. So that's, that's the way that I have it. I'm like, Hey, if you're targeting Rondell Moore and you go, okay, we might be able to get Rondell Moore in the second round and you miss out on Rondell Moore. You can go get yourself Amari Rodgers in the third or fourth round, and I think you'll be very happy. Is that fair? If I got Amari Rodgers in the fourth round, I would turn myself into the police station. <laughs> Robbery. So good. Uh, can I confess something? Hit me. I really like Dwayne Eskridge. Nah. Yeah, I do. Nah. No, I do. I mean, he's fast, but so are other guys. Okay, but like he's also like controlled and clearly learning how to run routes better and can be really great out of his breaks. He's he's wild right now, no doubt about it. Like he's got to hone in himself. Like he kind of goes crazy sometimes, but he was also playing defensive back like three years ago. Right. Like, oh, he was playing defensive back three years ago. And everybody like, oh, so this means he's going to get better. Okay, but he's still going to be limited by how big he is. And listen, don't get me wrong. Like, fine with him what do you mean by like what do you mean what do you mean by limited though because like this dude gives you plenty of effort and even like decent strength and as a blocker okay yes effort as a blocker i would push back on decent strength and he's breaking angles at the mac level on an offense that's really really good at just working rpo get him into space and let him go nothing wrong with that because that's exactly what clemson does for Amari. it's not a problem. I, I was just about to say you right, just right, right, you just praise right. this no, and so once we then project to the league, now we've got much faster athletes. You're going to be able to, to crowd space a lot better and put hands on them a lot better. And I don't have a, a strong projection for him to do that. I don't have a ton of film of him dealing with that, such that it's tough for me to put him very high relative to players like Rondell Moore and Amari Rogers, who've been more successful doing that. Now, I have Eskridge ranked above Tutu Atwell, above... Jalen Darden and above Demetric Felton. All players that you could argue, not really with Felton, but definitely the other two, are are also in a similar role. I think he's the best of the bunch. He's the most exciting of the bunch. But that's that to me, that role, especially with the fact that players like that usually persist on day three, I don't want to be spending premium picks on that sort of a guy. To me, that's that's I can get that guy late and I can get quick space player 
easy touches successfully. What are you doing with that ball after you catch it? That's where I think a guy like Amari is so impressive. That's where I think guys like Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, both of whom I have ranked quite highly, are impressive. And I don't get the same thing from Tutu Atwell, Jalen Darden, or Dwayne Eskridge. But again, hmm. I have Eskridge ranked above all of those guys. I think he's the, he's the most exciting of the group. I just think that that like senior bowl run and people getting nuts about him, that was too much for me. I believe in this tape a lot more than you do, clearly. Maybe I got to go look back at it with just a strength view because that did not that's not something that popped out to me when I was watching him. I thought he, he did not shy away from contact. I thought that he was willing to get involved with his strength profile. I, 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 I don't, I don't I, think he shies away from contact. I just think he has to be a space player in the league because the contact that he goes up against now when he's asked to deal with it, is already, it's like, all right, this is not his best play. And it's at the MAC level versus what he's going to have to deal with in the NFL. I also, I don't think he can get much bigger. He's not, like, thin, you know what I mean? He's not, like, under undersized, in my opinion. I think he no, is No, but I mean, is. like, you know, he's, like, 5'9", 190, 195, something like that. I mean, like, that's right. Rondale's, like, 5'7", 190. That boy's thick. Rondale ain't, Rondale ain't, one, no, he's not 190. Nah, he's like 175. Yeah, he's like 175. <laughs> right, but he's way more dense. What did you think? What did you think of Rondé? All that to say, like, I really liked Wayne Eskridge. I was falling for him. I love the senior bowl reps. They were really nice. I, I thought that, man, what I saw on film from him, there are plenty of times where he's just like wildly out of control. Like he knows that he is a better athlete than these other guys. But oh man, I just have, man, I, I, I'm betting on the potential here. From, I'm, I'm betting on the baseline for him to get a lot better at what he is right now, get even more controlled, get even more precise, because the way he was able to get vertical on guys and run past them, yeah, of course, like it, it's lower level of competition. It's not going to be as easy in the NFL, but also what I saw from him with putting his foot in the ground and changing direction, like if he, if you really start to study and hone in on that, I think that you could be really good as a separator player. And I, I, I just did not, I did not see... The lack of strength, the lack of strength, did not pop out to me. So now that you say that, I'm I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch it before I, we get to the final big board stuff. But I really, really liked Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, did you ask me what I thought of Rondale? I did, as of yeah, like 15 seconds ago, because we could talk okay. about Rondale. I talked a lot about when I'm talking about Sage Surratt being responsible with you know like how much you like a guy and you like his prototype versus like how he's going to project to the league and whatnot. Talked a lot with 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 Rogers about being able to generate after the catch and whatever Eskridge about like getting guys at, at different le levels, different tiers of the draft for, to fill different roles. Rondale's got the injury history that we kind of really don't know about. The Purdue usage was, was at times quite babying, uh, especially in 2020 where they were like, Hey, do you want to run a speed out? And he was like, yeah. And they're like, do you want to do it 90 times? And he was like, no. Right. Um, but all of this to say Rondale's wide receiver six, I'm in. I'm in. You don't, they don't, you, the people don't move like this, man. He's so, for, for, for a player this dense, this low riding to be that quick and fluid is not regular. Just not. He's, he's, he's something different athletically, right? Like Rogers, I like Amari. He's physical and he's explosive. But there's times where he, like, he, you know, his step frequency has to be high for him to change direction because you're just not going to be able to bend when you have that much muscle mass 
in that sort of a frame. When you're that thick, it's going to limit your change of direction. I don't know how Rondale works. I don't know how he physically operates. But the 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 smoothness in space. I guess it's the 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 fact that he's he's five seven. It's got to be right. Like he's so small that he just has such great angles. Mm-hmm. He's just a nightmare in terms of his movement ability. And then you throw in the fact that you we've seen him make tough catches over the middle of the field more so than we have with Rodgers, more so than we have with a player like Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Uh, the, you have to go hunting for it, but you can find like Nevada 2019, some of those deep downfield targets where he's tracking that ball, looks comfortable more so than a Kadarius Tony. Uh, and, and to me now, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. This is like, I got... I had LaVisca Chenault wide receiver two last year. And after their first season as, as players, like, oh, I wish I had Justin Jefferson higher. Oh, maybe I wish I had Henry, Henry Ruggs lower. I'm fine with where I had LaVisca. Like, when, when the Jags used him, yeah, that looked like I expected it to, man. He's already one of the best athletes on the field at the NFL level. Uh, I'm going to – the the injury history was a concern. The usage was a concern. It's the same thing with Rondell Moore, but I'm there again. Like, to me, this is this is such an interesting, exciting player. And more so than Rodgers, who I think needs creative usage to maximize. Even if Moore gets stuck into a very traditional slot usage, guess what? That man could rip off option routes for an entire game. Just Cole Beasley it all the way down the field. Like, he's <laughs> going to be able to separate like that. I'm in. I'm in on Rondo Moore. He could be a potential game changer. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I'm, I'm worried that he's too scheme-specific. Like, that it's just like you've got to get the ball in his hands in... in in direct ways. Right. That's, that's the thing is that's that that's how you make it happen and he is good enough of a caliber of athlete both before and after the catch to where that will make sense for your offense. But I just wish that there was more development with obviously he had the the injury so he he missed time and then he, it was you know a crazy year with with players opting out in 2020 and that was just in the regular season so that didn't exactly help his growth either but I wish he had a more diverse route running profile at all whatsoever because it's like screens slants outs and then maybe getting vertical and that's 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 about all I saw from Rondell Moore and he I, he did those things really well but again like those are the that you're scheming those things up that's clearly just design stuff. And how close do we get from you being just a gadget player to you being like a full-time right. impact? I could take over the game kind of a player. I don't and know. That's like, yeah, evaluating him. I'm in on him. If we're talking about like, you know, Oh, you know, rookie drafts and fantasy and how is he going to end up? Any team that needs their slot to work vertical is not going to even have this dude on the board because he is five foot seven flat. Right. Right. And so that's the thing is, I think that he's going to end up at a place that's going to be using him on shallow targets and on design touches at or behind the line of scrimmage because there's no way a team that's like, oh, it's important for us that our slot can work the seam. They can't take him. He's too small. Yeah. It's just not going to work for you. Send him to the Jets. Put him in the Debo role. Let's go, baby. Well, see, like that, that I'm cool with. That I feel like he has a lot of success in that area. I would love to see it. Rondale is a very unique player. He's very good. Right. It's just a it's again, it's it's throughout the theme of this entire class is it's these guys are you look at their talent and you go, Okay, this is a good football player and then you've got to realize their landing spot's gonna mean a lot to what they could possibly get out of these guys. Uh any other players you wanna give a shout out to while we're here? Uh are we gonna to, do a uh Tutu Atwell, just uh, just make him a Baltimore Raven right now and then we can just like all move on with our lives? 
Yeah, and then I'll still be upset with how the Ravens have managed their wide receiver room. Oh, right, of um, course. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just, yeah. you know, just get, order the Ravens jersey now. Yeah. My toughest eval was Kadarius Tony. He's wide receiver 10 for me. He is not... wide receiver 10 for me. Oh, I really thought I was going to have to argue with you on this. No, I mean, you're you're talking to somebody who's watched Kadarius Tony probably for the last four years, and he was basically not a wide receiver until this year. He is, he and is even a, that, I'm not sure he's a wide receiver yet. Right, I mean, like, he was, yeah, he was, he was. I'll, I'll say, like, barely passable as wide receiver. And, like, he has improved. He took a really nice leap from last year to this year, which was good uh, because you were able to find a position for him and really get him on the field more, and that's how you were able to utilize his speed. But he still doesn't know exactly what he's doing as a wide receiver yet. Like, he doesn't understand certain routes and how to attack certain cornerbacks in certain ways and identify coverages. And it's just, he, he doesn't understand the nuances of playing wide receiver yet. He is, he is still, I don't see that this is, I don't want to contradict myself because I said that he, he became more of a wide receiver than just an athlete this year. And I still think that that's true, but he is uniquely fast. He has extremely unique balance. He's a guy who you get the ball in his hands. And he can do great things with, but I, this is, he was more of a scheme up touches kind of a player than I thought that I was going to watch. So that was my eval. Yeah, he's another one like more where you got you just got to put on the film to watch him move. Like you just like I do, I could watch Kadarius Tony film until the the, the the cows come home. Oh my goodness, it's just stupid watching him in, in like the 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 South Carolina touchdown right where he broke like nine tackles at once, and you're just like, how are you even a human? Um, I have him below Rodgers, and I honestly hate that. Like, that's how it spat out for me on the, the film, on the numbers. And then I was like, that's stupid, because I think that he's a better run-after-catch player than Rodgers. I don't, I don't, have, right I don't have him above Rodgers. I have Rodgers lower. I, I, so I, I'm, I'm very conflicted with it. My, like, tier, my 6 through 10 go in order. Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, De'Ami Brown, Amari Rodgers, Kadarius Tony. Four of those players are going to have extremely similar usages. Then De'Ami Brown's just in the fucking middle. Just nobody, just completely different player. But for Tony to be at that bottom of that group is very tough for me because of how uniquely he moves. And I've run him more at the top in large part because of how uniquely he moves. But Tony right now is 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 three routes. I don't know. Like, talk about how tough it's going to be to get more uh, on certain teams, certain scheme fits, whatever. I don't know how you watch... Rondale more, not Elijah Moore. Yeah, Rondale, excuse me. I don't know how you watch... Kadarius Tony and say, oh yeah, I mean he can he can run a nine route for us if we need it to. He can be a field stretcher for us. Ooh, there's a lot more that goes into running a nine route than just speed. And I, I'm not sure how much that Tony's ever put on film. Uh, it, he's a tricky one for me. Uh, if I were a team with that, you know, pick at forty who might need a wide receiver, I would want to watch a ton of these guys and really go back to multiple past years and and really figure it out because obviously Tony's got so much better over the last three years. More is Numbers have gone down over the last years. Ron Dalemore, that is. Elijah Moore really woke up in the Lane Kiffin offense, but he's always been good. It's very tough. Um, but Tony has a lot of risk baked into his profile that doesn't get discussed when you just see the highlights on Twitter. Mm. That's why he was tough for me. Yeah, it's fair. I'm trying to think of it other than the guy was, that was tough for me. Rondale was probably the toughest because I, I, I recognized how rare of an athlete he was, and I just was not... I was not convinced of his overall wide receiver profile, and I felt myself leaning more towards guys who are technicians over potential this year. And then it's like Rondale, I, I kept trying to put him in different spots in the rankings, and it's like 
oh, who do I like better as a wide receiver? Well, you know, this guy, this guy cuts a little bit better. He, you know, he goes inside a little bit better. Like he's going over intermediate in the deep. And then I would just be like, it's Rondell Moore. Like, what are you, what are you, like, what are you talking about? And so he was probably my toughest eval out of the other guys that we mentioned. What'd you think of Amon Ross St. Brown, by the way? Perfectly cromulent slot receiver. Yeah. Just good. Yep. And that's good, and it's good to be good, and we don't have to act like anything is more than good. Yeah. Or that just being good is bad, and it's just good. Those there were those were definitely words that you said there. Those no, I definitely... think that people are like, yo, folks are sleeping on Amara St. Brown. Look at this four-touchdown game against UCLA. Yeah, but also, you know, there's 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 times where he wasn't as impactful, and you got to watch those films too. And in general, you've got a quality route runner, NFL-caliber athlete, going to be good for the slot, not going to give you much downfield contested catch, not going to give you as much after the catch as some other guys. Yeah. Much more so a, a, a possession stick mover player. Perfectly fine dude yep. for, like, the Falcons to draft in round three and just play him with Ooh, Ridley yeah, and Julio, I'd like that. and that's great, and then go to bed. Nah, that'd be fantastic. I think he'd be a really nice slot receiver. Like, his eval was pretty easy for me. I don't think he's right. going to give you the breakaway speed, whether it's getting vertical or with the ball in his hand. He, I, I, I mean, like, he might give you a little bit of that, but he's going to win much more because he knows how to eat up cushion. He's a smart wide receiver. He's going to be able to really attack corners in all different kinds of alignments. He's got the nice separation. He's got the uh, short area quickness. And, I mean, like, he's got good hands as well. So he just understands the position really well, and I, I just didn't think that he was a super elite athlete when it came to straight line speed, and that's kind of how I evaluated him. He's going to really be a really nice slot receiver. I agree with you completely. Only Anybody player else? player in my top 15 we didn't talk about is Shy Smith. Shy Smith is good. Thank you for your time. Okay. Any other words or just that? Just Shai Smith is good. Uh, he tested much better than I thought he was going to do in South Carolina, but every single South Carolina player. And you had a and you had a top fifteen grade on him beforehand. No, I, I he was a he was fifteen for me. His testing moved him up to fourteen. They don't testing doesn't move people that much for me. Um, but Smith's tough as nails. Like he's gonna be a good slot, the same way St. Brown will. Not the same technician in his routes. Really, really tough dude. Uh, extremely impressive. If you value wide receiver blocking out of your slot as well, Shai Smith, baby. Um, last thing I want to say before we get out of here, if you're a betting person, you want to put some money on the line for any kind of game, whether it's football, NBA, college basketball, NHL, award shows, whatever it is, whatever you want to put money on, you can do so at betonline.ag. You go to their website or use your mobile device to sign up right now. And even if you do, if you're a first time member, you're getting a 50% welcome bonus. If you use the promo code locked on when you sign up at online, your sports book experts, Ben and I are going to be back tomorrow with a fun-filled, fantastic fantasy fan Friday. I, I just did as many F-words as I possibly could right there. How There's another one I can think of. Okay, well, this is a family show. <laughs> ah, there it is! We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.